Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Roadmap Benzinga's NFT show. We got a good one for you today. We are going to be joined by Mac and Cheesy talking the NFT market, this current bear market we're in. What's going on? What's next? What should companies and NFT projects be doing um, during this bear market? And also what he's looking forward to. Alyssa and I will also be breaking down some top news and headlines, including some big sales for a couple NFT projects last week. Could that be a sign of more positives to come? We did see some green last week on the leaderboard. We'll talk about all that and the interview right after this. Don't go anywhere. This is The Roadmap. All right, everyone, as I said, this is the Roadmap Benzinga's NFT show. I am your host, Chris, and I am also joined by my co-host and producer, the one and only Alyssa. Alyssa, what's going on? Hey, we're back. We're back. We're back after a little break. Um, you know, the, the, the allergy season, the sickness is uh, alive and well, unfortunately, but uh, we're both feeling better and we're back. So we're so excited. I'm excited about this interview too. It's always nice to get more opinions, right? And thoughts about this space and what's going on. Obviously, I have my own opinions, you have yours, but what better way than to get another voice thrown in? We've got some fun questions. Um, We also might get into Would You Rather, which Alyssa, Would You Rather is becoming like one of my favorite things to do. (laughs) It used to just be you and I doing it, and now I I really like to ask guests about it. Um, I know the one show you weren't on, I got to ask Franklin some of the questions, Mm. um, and that was a blast too, but... Alyssa, before we bring on our guests, just want to highlight a couple upcoming events. For anyone who didn't know, Benzinga is hosting its first ever crypto and NFT conference later this year, December 7th, Pier 60 in New York City. Be there. Tickets are on sale right now. Uh, Alyssa, I actually heard that ticket prices are going up Friday this week. Today's yes. Tuesday. So you only got a couple days left before they go up. Um, and I mean, you look at this lineup, oh, obviously, you it. see Garga, Greg Solano, co-founder of Yuga Labs. We also have several ape holders. Uh, we're excited for an ape talk panel. And Alyssa, there's also a couple projects not on this list uh, that we have not announced yet that I'm uh, super <laughs> excited about as well. So uh I, I don't want to spoil anything, um, but I mean, Yuga Labs alone, right? Garga is coming and you can get your tickets right now. Mm-hmm. And then Alyssa, we do not have a show tomorrow. We're currently running the Roadmap Tuesdays and myself, Alyssa and Logan. You may remember him from Moon or Bust, a show on Benzinga's YouTube. And we'll be joined by a couple speakers for the upcoming uh, Future of Crypto event and also talking about that event and the overall NFT market. Uh, Alyssa, I haven't hosted a Twitter Spaces in a while. I'm a pretty It's been a minute, yeah. It's been a couple. Yeah, it's been a couple of minutes, but yeah, it's super exciting. We're gonna talk about some really, really good stuff. 
I always love spaces because it's like mm. you get so many different people, so many different opinions. You, you can really get through a lot. And like even an hour on spaces just flies by. Um, so hopefully I can still be productive and get some work done tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, that space is, uh, is going to I think it's going to be a chunk of time there, but we'll, we'll see. So join us at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Follow Benzinga on Twitter and you can get all the details right there. Um, it looks like it is the pinned tweet it right is. now, so don't miss out. Alyssa, what do you think? Time to bring on our guest? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Well, as I said, I am excited to welcome to the roadmap Mac and Cheesy, and we are going to be talking all things NFT and Web3. So let me go ahead and bring him on Mac and Cheesy. Welcome to the roadmap. I'm I'm glad to be here. It's uh it's hard not to be excited after you know that intro, the intro video talking about would you rather, like all these different things going on. Uh, I'm I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you know we we try to stay pretty hype here. Um, it's a pretty casual, laid back show, but usually we you know we play that trailer, and you're right. I mean it it usually gets me pumped. You see all the different NFT collections flowing through there. Um, you know and uh. You know, Mac, let, let's start with that, right? So NFTs, you know, have been around for a couple of years. And, you know, myself, I got in through NBA Top Shot. But let's rewind the tape here. So how did you first get involved in the world of cryptocurrency and NFTs? So the first, so the cryptocurrency world, my first real exposure to it was as a freshman in college, um, you know, Bitcoin had utility for freshmen in college, whatever that was. We don't have to go into the details of that. But um, so I was a freshman in college and then uh, I started learning more and more about it. And then as like a junior, I had Bitcoin miners running in the attic of my fraternity. So I didn't have to pay for electricity. Uh, the, the biggest cost, don't tell my college that. But yeah, so they're running in the attic. And then out of college, I started working for a Bitcoin ATM company where I was basically just running around New Jersey, emptying machines. And then that's when I truly saw there were people using this thing and there was money being moved. And cause I was emptying these machines one day and there'd be a lot of cash in there. And then I'd come back the next week and it was refilled. And I was like, how somebody must be using these things. And so that was in like basically 2018 when I really started being like, all right, this is, this is awesome. And so that was the crypto world. Now, the NFT world, it took me a little longer than I would hope. Uh, in the summer of 2020, I was talking a lot about digital art and how I thought it was the future, but I didn't get skin in the game. Uh, I put an offer in on Super Rare for a piece of art that I thought was cool. And but I didn't really get into it until Top Shot. I started where like I was waiting for the lotteries. I would win a lottery. I forget. I think I sold a Devin Booker for like 50 bucks. And I was like, yo, this is awesome. Um, and then after that, I was looking at buying a CryptoPunk, passed up on that, looking at buying a Bored Ape early, passed up on that. And then after seeing those kind of progress, I was like, OK, I'm not I'm not waiting on the sidelines any longer. Love it. You know, it always comes back to Top Shot. Like, uh, Mac, we've had so many guests on this show and like 90% of them, right? Their start in NFTs uh, revolved around NBA Top Shot. And I'm like you, I remember you wait in line and it's like, please give me a good number. Please give me a good number. 
you get a pack, you're able to open it, you can flip those moments, triple your money right away. Obviously, Top Shot is not that anymore. <laughs> um, we, we don't need to dive into that world. <laughs> um, I still have some moments on there. I actually looked the other day before they announced their new uh, oh, uh, boy. roadmap. And oh, man, uh, those prices are insane now. But uh, I have been playing some NFL all day. Um, so Dapper, it seems like at least doing something, you know, okay there. Um, but let's dive into to you, right? So fast forward, we're now, and you have built up a following on social media, including a decent sized one on TikTok. So talk about how social media is playing into the world of NFT and Web3. Are we still early there? And should, you know, NFT influencers, collections, companies be paying more attention to TikTok and building followings that way? I It all comes down to kind of your strategy in terms of growing, right? So TikTok, by the, its fundamental nature, it is a top of the funnel social media platform. It has this high exposure opportunity, but you're not going to ne necessarily nurture your community in that respect. So it's like top of the funnel. So I, I look at it from kind of growing your brand or growing your a business, it's what's your top of the funnel strategy? How are you looking to do that? And then what's your kind of bottom of the funnel way to convert either these uh, community members to active community members, these community members to NFT holders. So in terms of just general exposure to uh, a wide audience, I think short form content and that's TikTok started short form content, but I believe short form content is and will continue to be the at the apex of getting eyeballs on any business or personal brand. Um, now for crypto, it's a touch different because Twitter plays such a critical role. But if you look at Twitter, literally last week, they integrated a scrolling feature for, for videos in the short form style. So I wouldn't be surprised if within the next month or two months, they integrated a short form reels tab in the platform itself. So I think shorts itself, it's all about kind of creating content consistently that's high quality and provides value. And that was pretty much my strategy, uh, growing a crypto following specifically on TikTok. And then it all trickled down from there. Awesome. Let's talk about the incubator. So you are actually, you know, building up the, this Web3 company and project. So let's talk about Incubator. I know you've worked with uh, Cryptoon Goons. We had them on a past episode. Um, that's a project we know here. But uh, talk about what Incubator is doing and how you can help Web3 companies. For sure. Yeah. So the start of it, uh, it was created as a community that was all about learning about crypto and Web3 because uh, it started effectively from my personal brand, which was TikTok. And then this was all about teaching people about crypto. So people would funnel in and start answering questions in this community and start growing this community. But very quickly, it became apparent that businesses, either they wanted to get into Web3, they either wanted to learn about Web3. And it was like, okay, we have a opportunity here. So within the incubator, we have kind of two different uh, entities, so to speak. So we have our marketing side of things and then our technology side of things. So from a technology side of things, uh, some of the companies that we've worked with have been BDG. They launched their uh, BDG3 NFT pass. We worked with ETH Jets, the Cryptoon Goons. We're also working with IYK, which we're super excited about uh, working with them. 
And yeah, so we've done very technical builds. So for the goons, uh, the goons, we built their goons portal out. And if you haven't gotten it, if you don't own a goon, I'm a, I'm a big goon believer. Obviously, they're, uh, they're friends of the incubator. But we built out that custom uh, build that is a lot like the uh, doodles, the space doodles build. Uh, so that was awesome building that out. So that's the tech side of things. And then from a marketing side, we focused on kind of helping companies grow their top of the funnel strategy. So right now we're really leaning into helping people as well as brands build content machines, uh, specifically with short form content. So within our team, we're producing hundreds of videos from uh, short form videos. And this stemmed from uh, my personal brand. And then it's kind of grown from there. And it's it's super exciting because I think in the Web3 industry and crypto as a whole, it's about getting people who aren't necessarily crypto native. I think the crypto curious people, it's so, so important to get them involved. And that's that's a lot of our our initiatives, whether that's from the tech side as well as the the marketing side. Love it. Uh, you know, so we, we talked about sports NFTs a little bit, NBA Top Shot. We also obviously saw a bunch of, you know, PFPs, uh, you know, and the, the cute animals, right? Now we're starting to see maybe some other sectors take hold of Web3. So after sports, after PFPs, you know, I, I've been a proponent of, you know, the ticketing business, right? Getting into NFTs. Uh, what do you think of tickets, airlines, uh, you know, hotels, some of these other sectors getting into Web3 and NFT? And what are maybe some sectors you see happening, you know, next in this area? For sure. Yeah. So I think you touched on two things, right? So the ticketing industry and then the airline industry. So I'll talk specifically about the airline to start. So uh, one of our uh, past clients, the ETH Jets, we helped them run their um, NFT launch and their whole, they're a utility based pass. And it's effectively a membership to get on private airlines at an affordable rate. And the business model is basically you own the, the membership, you, you get access to this and you can uh, enter basically very, very, very reduced flights on empty legs for private jets. Basically, when you go from New York to Miami, if you have somebody who needs the jet in Miami, but the, the jet is in New York, that's considered an empty leg. So that's just the airline industry. And I think that I think it's it's pretty damn awesome. Um, now, from the ticketing industry, I think this is. This. I think this is a this is pretty deep, right? Because will it be the ticket itself, or is it the um, the user experience that you get for attending an actual event? So the tickets, as a whole, I think it just makes like I think ten years from now, all tickets will be NFTs. It I think that is cool. It's effective. It's a tool. But one of the things that really excites me about working with IYK is and they're they're entirely about basically making physical things into the digital space and kind of bridging that gap one of the things that's so exciting about them is they're taking this partitioning and then allowing for people to do more with it so end of the day uh being able to partition your fan base is super super critical if you want to speak to uh these specific the specific audience so let's say people come and attend an event they then buy a t-shirt or merchandise at the actual event. Uh, what IYK is doing is they basically have this technology called Beams. And now you can use that t-shirt as a way to directly distribute content 
to the people that attended the concert. So now, like the world of opportunity is exciting, and I don't want to get too, too much into that, but it's the ticketing I see on its surface, it will become NFTs, but I think the lower level of fan partitioning is what really excites me because as like for the incubator, our community, I just love being able to speak to very specific audience segments. And if you're a massive company, speaking to these segments can have basically infinite upside. Yeah, I mean, I really like some of the opportunities that you pointed out there, Mac. Like, you know, I I always relate it back to sports, right? So I lean heavier on the the ticketing NFT side. And I think of a couple of examples this year, right? Like we saw Aaron Judge, the home run record. We saw Serena Williams, right? Last US Open, last tournament. And like you go to these sporting events, it's very hard to get physical tickets now. A lot of it is done with your phone, with your app, right? So like, how do you prove you were there and how do you resell that ticket? You know, whereas years ago, you know, you go to Tiger Woods first golf match, you have a physical ticket that now is worth thousands of dollars. Um, so I always like to see the the opportunity there, but I like what you said about, you know, connecting mm-hmm. with people that went to events, um, you know, I, merch and other areas. One thing I, I want to just add on like the ticketing thing is we're very much primed to like be ready for this so like my i'm picking up my phone here uh but like i have all my airlines tickets still on my phone wallet like that's not a new idea that's not like this novel thing that customers and users aren't necessarily interested in why would i keep my tickets on my phone because they're awesome they're a relic and i like looking and scrolling like oh wow i really was flying a lot of places like i probably should have chilled <laughs> like like oh that flight to like miami i was in rough shape and that's the whole thing that these i think like some of the most adopted nft technologies you won't know that it's an nft and it'll be because if i lose this iphone i i don't know how apple works but if I went Android, I wouldn't have these tickets. So that's the beauty. It's this distributed database that can work across any app. And that's what excites me. And one thing I guess from the tech side that also always makes is interesting when building out products. I'm like, what if Ticketmaster released this feature? Like what type of moat will they have or will a new startup have in or so that another major player won't just be able to take the entire market share by releasing a feature. So that that's something that I'm always just juggling with mentally from a technical product build side of things. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Mac, I mean, I, I write articles, I do this show, so I'm constantly looking for news around NFTs and, you know, the metaverse. And we get all these trademark filings from companies, right? So, you know, you got your McDonald's, your Burger King. I even wrote about the Wienermobile uh, filing a trademark for the metaverse and NFTs yesterday. So as these big companies decide, hey, let's get into Web3, you know, what's the what's the best approach here? Should they be, you know, trying to do it themselves, building out a whole Web3 division for their company or should they be partnering up with, you know, existing Web3 marketing companies and, uh, you know, consulting companies? Should they buy an ape, right, and use that to market themselves? Like, what are some of the strategies that companies can use? 
end of the day, I think you have to know your limitations and know what you know well. And the unfortunate reality or fortunate reality for us in Web3 right now is that a lot of people have no idea how this space works. Like no idea. They even even people in this space who are building in it don't necessarily have never even owned an NFT. I was talking to another company and they were looking to hire us and he's a founder of an NFT based company. And I was like, do you own an NFT? They're like, no. <laughs> but have you meant it like and and it may sound like it's not important but that's just part of the culture like being like part of a gas war and being able to talk about this especially as like a leader and if you're hopping on podcasts you're talking about your experience if you've never owned an nft it's like wait what do you and i say that all for these big businesses who are trying to come into the space hire somebody whether it's a whoever it may be it could just be a, a degenerate on twitter who just knows a thing or two but you need to be able to take like baby steps and like learn from the people that are here i they wouldn't kind of get into i don't know the example that i'm looking for but they should they should learn from these people that are already in the space because the last thing you want to do is like totally botch it and I do think, though, some of the strategies of like buying an ape, end of the day, it is an asset, right? And you do get marketing. So if you just spend dollars on marketing budget, that has a return, right? But okay, at least if you buy an ape, I don't know where an ape goes on the balance sheet. I don't know what you got to tell your accountant. <laughs> like, where is that an asset? Is that a liability? I don't know. I don't know how it works, but it, it doesn't go to zero. Yeah, we we uh, last year I remember trying to get Benzinga to buy a crypto punker aboard Ape, and I was like, like just do it. Like we can use this for so long. Like it's not like it's a one day Super Bowl commercial, right? Where exactly. you spend all your money on this one ad, right? And you hope. I mean, you're gonna get a ton of traffic, which usually you do, but you're gonna hope that that's gonna sustain and carry you forward. Whereas if you buy something like an Ape you have some lasting power. So, I mean, there's definitely some opportunities there. And uh, Max, speaking of opportunities and, and board apes, right? So Yuga Labs last year, one of the biggest news items I thought of the year was that they announced that they acquired the rights to MeBits and CryptoPunks and really huge acquisition in the NFT space. Um, we also saw Pudgy Penguins get bought um, by Luca. Uh, and, you know, we've seen a couple acquisitions, but really during this bear market, I'm a little surprised that we don't see more companies or NFT collections buying each other out, you know, merging together. Like that's what we see in the stock market. Do you think we're still early or you think maybe that's going to come and some of these projects start to really team up together or get bought out? So I think we're, and I, I think yeah, like kind of this consolidation of the market itself, I think is a natural progression that we're going to see. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be from cross community, uh, like community one acquiring community two or vice versa, uh, because it's challenging to take a community that has their values and all like the, let's say it's a 10,000 person P PFP project, taking that and then 
merging it with another 10,000 community. These So these have communities associated with them, whereas uh, a traditional kind of business acquiring another business, sure, there's employees, but it's a, it's a little bit more structured there. Um, I do think over time, maybe why a lot of them aren't doing it is because they're, they need to survive. And one way to not survive is to spend all of your runway on acquiring another company that also isn't profitable. So I think it's in survive mode because the people that do survive and those will be your top projects, they're going to take the next step. And I think that's why a lot of them have decided to go this VC route and uh, they don't necessarily need the capital like doodles doesn't need the capital like the d gods team i didn't think needed the capital but i think end of the day it's who can survive and then those people if they're building through the bear market they're going to reap the benefits once the next kind of cycle comes because they're building a brand throughout the entire stay and it's it's going to be pretty awesome the next round yeah, I mean, I, I love what you said, you know, Doodles, I know when that announcement came out, right, it, it got a lot of backlash, right? Why is Doodles taking VC money? Uh, they've been so quiet on social media. Now, all of a sudden, they're announcing, you know, this big investment, like what is going on? Yeah. But to me, like you said, survival of the fittest, if you're a big brand right now, and you can take that money on and take that investment, like, why not? You're building for the future, and you're going to stick around all these other projects you know, could go to zero. And, you know, there, there's a lot to debate with VC, but I, I want to ask you about this, this latest hot topic, right? You mentioned to gods, we're talking about VC money, right? How can these collections, you know, keep going? How can they survive? How can they have money? There's this big argument right now about uh, creator fees and royalties. A lot of marketplaces, you know, moving to optional or no royalties, uh, what's your thoughts on that? And, you know, in a world where some royalties disappear, how can companies, you know, make the best use of the cash that they already have or the little that they're getting coming in? So royalties initially for the majority of these projects during the bull run was significantly more of a source of revenue than it is today. So I think it's worth noting that a lot of the money that was made on royalties has been made the the vast majority and then now it's kind of about okay a lot of these projects had to have been in how do we make some money or how do we create a business how do we how do we kind of grow this brand so that we can continue to operate so a lot of the money was already made but now me personally i think okay what is the one of the fundamental reasons why nfts became popular and i think one of the reasons it came down to giving an artist and giving a team um, the rewards that they deserve. And so you hear these things about like Spotify, right? And artists getting taken advantage from a streaming perspective, not making a cent. And my concern is that just getting rid of royalties, we're moving more towards the thing that we were trying to stay away from, which is these artists not making any money free mints, 0% royalties, you don't get anything and you're going to be happy. So I'm necessary. I think royalties are, aren't a perfect solution, but I do think it's a pretty good solution to align incentives from a community and a NFT holder to a business and a NFT brand. Of course, it's not necessarily perfect, but 
And I mean, if the market demands it, the market demands it. But I just hope that we're not getting away from what we the initial reasoning was and we're not becoming closer to what we were getting away from. Mac, I really like what you said at the start there, right, about royalties. I mean, when the bull market was there, yeah, these companies were making a ton of money off of mm-hmm. secondary royalties. Like you said, sometimes in a lot of cases, more than they made from their initial mint, right? And uh, it has changed, right? And royalties aren't as big. For me, like you said, if the market demands it, whether we like it or not, it might be here to stay. I mean, I always like to relate things back to the stock market. I'm a stock guy first. That's where I started. We went to commission-free trading, right? Robinhood, E-Trade. Some of these platforms started offering it and it was like, hey, wait a sec. Why would I be on one platform and pay $10 to trade my Apple shares where I can be on another and pay $0? I make more profit by not having that transaction fee. So I feel like then everyone else had to evolve, right? And they all had to go to $0 and that's where we are. So I just feel like, like you said, if the market demands it, it you know, we can debate it all day long, but yeah, it's the, the, sticking around, right? The Yeah, the truth of the matter is that creators or um, collectors, owners, they were paying the premium just to get a the norm. And what we're probably going to have to see is rather than this model where you pay every, everyone has to pay this fee, it's an opt-in. And so now it's like, okay, I want to buy my Cryptoon Goon, but I want to be like a super holder or so, or something of the, in that nature where maybe it updates your metadata. It's like, hey, I donated or hey, I'm a, I'm a supporter of, of the Goon's team and I put in two, 2.5%, 5%, whatever. And so now it puts pressure on the team to create more value for a hold. End of the day, it's it's just not it's not it's not an easy space to be in. And we can't necessarily expect consumers just to give money to a project when they're already spending hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars to enter your community. So if the market demands it, it's on the businesses to adapt and figure out a new solution. I think for sure. Uh, so Mac, uh, not financial advice on this show, of course, but uh, you've already talked a little bit about Cryptoon. Obviously, uh, you know you know that project well. You you partner with them. What are some other NFT projects um, that you want to shout out? Either that you own, or it's a project like you said at the start, like Board Ape or Punks, that you wanted to mint and you never did. Like, what are some of the top projects out there you own or you follow along with and you really like going forward? Yeah. So, my favorite project, and outside of all the partners, the, the incubator partners, I love all you guys, love all you guys. My favorite project uh, is Wolf Game. And I, when that first came out, the mint. I got two sheeps and a wolf and I was absolutely locked into that thing. Like it took over my life and it took over a lot of crypto Twitter, like the entire ecosystem. And I still own my wolf. I still own my sheep. I own my farmer. I own my land. Um, I have my wool. I have my wool bags. Uh, this game is some of the most fun that I've ever had in the crypto space. And I think the engineers, uh, the shepherd, uh, which is the uh, anonymous creator of the game, and it's kind of this theme that goes on through on their Twitter. It's like, oh, what's the shepherd doing? 
it's it's some of the most innovative and awesome things that I've seen. And one of the things that I always kind of believe in for any project or team that we work with is I want to bet on team members. I want to bet on people that build. And I know I don't know the team members here, but I just see what they're able to do. And I see what they're able to like continue to produce and the game mechanics behind it. And I'm just super, super interested. Of course, not France advice. I definitely have very large wolf game bags. So, um, you know, I am financially incentivized to talk about it and to have a strong opinion on it. But I will say I didn't want to stop playing the game. And sometimes when I don't want to stop playing games, I think that's a good a good place to be. Whereas some of these random metaverse games, I log in and I'm like, I don't want to play this anymore after 30 seconds. And I think, so this is a game that I wanted to continue to play. So I'm going to see it through. I love that. I mean, and that, that leads into the next question, Mac, right? You said bet on teams, bet on uh, people that you know. So you've talked to founders of, you know, Web3 NFT companies. You've followed along with the story. We don't have as many mints happening now, but maybe go back to when we did or even now moving forward. What are some of the biggest items you look for in a project that you like? And what are some potential maybe red flags that you are hesitant then to to keep following without name dropping probably yeah, on the yeah, red yeah. flag? Uh, end of the day, I think founders that are obsessed. I like work. I'm I consider myself obsessed. I think uh, the whole team that I, I work with each day. I think they can, they'll probably agree that I'm I'm a little absurd with some of the things that I say and how picky I am uh, with certain things. But I like working with people who are have an obsessive nature. And I think over a long period of time, if you are obsessive about something, good things will happen. You hear Mr. Beast talking about how he grew his YouTube. And he was like, oh, I sat for he was obsessed about growing his YouTube. And so working with people who are obsessed about what they're doing and just working with people who can execute. and. I think ideas are great. I think concepts are great. But as a founder and as as kind of people who I've worked with, some are better at saying, okay, here's the plan. Let's go and do this. And then some of them turn around within like, okay, we did this in two days. Now what? So I think people who are obsessed and who are just resilient with executing and they just refuse not to execute. Awesome. Uh, love that, Mac. Well, before we let you go, uh, as promised at the start of the show. I've been looking um, forward to this the whole would time. You, would you rather? I mean, like I said, this is this has become one of my favorite segments. Um, I think Alyssa is going to hop on here, too. So Alyssa and I have played this Hell before. Yeah. What's up, Alyssa? Uh, so Alyssa, you and I have played this before where we've asked each other and we've kind of debated about it. But I want to get Mac's opinion. And I also want to hear... If maybe my opinion or your opinion, Alyssa, has changed on some of these topics. So these may not be perfect to the dollar anymore as they were when I first made them. But let's start with the, the broad one here. So two of the largest NFT platforms are privately held. They're not public. You can't buy stock. So, Mac, if you could own one of them, would you rather buy stock in OpenSea at a $13 billion valuation 
or Magic Eden at a $1.6 billion valuation? I'm going to go Magic Eden uh, just because I, yeah, I like, I like the lower Val. Yeah. And I think they, they build quickly. Like OpenSea is low key sloths with building, whereas Magic Eden and Magic Eden's like the OG Solana days where you, there was like 30 marketplaces. I don't know if you were degenning on, on Solana NFTs, but like that's an OG right there. Yeah, Mac, you know, I think when I first did this one, I think I picked OpenSea because they have such a dominant position. But I think now my opinion has changed and I think I got to go Magic Eden because I think there's more upside. And I think with in that regard, there's also more downside for OpenSea. I mean, when they got that $13 billion valuation, times were great. Magic oh, yeah. Eden <laughs> raised money this year, right? Kind of at the start of the bear market. So like, that that valuation on Magic Eden, I don't think it's too out of touch today. Whereas I don't know if people would be lining up to buy OpenSea at thirteen billion. So I'm gonna say Magic Eden. Alyssa, over to you. Um, I said Magic Eden for like first, and I'm gonna stick with it. It's all right. Still Magic oh, yeah. Eden. Clean, clean, <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I moved over, so now we've got Magic Eden sweeping there. All right. I think this was actually the first one we ever did, Alyssa. So. Two of the biggest projects ever, Board Ape Yacht Club and CryptoPunks, have several rare traits. So some of the most well-known rare traits for Board Ape Yacht Club is gold fur, and for CryptoPunks is the zombie CryptoPunk. Oh, yeah. So Mac, would you rather own a gold fur Board Ape or a zombie CryptoPunk? I'm a sucker for the crypto punks and it it really comes if I'm holding it for for the long term I feel like the crypto punks are a relic and they're not going to go away whereas the board apes there's this whole metaverse they have to deliver like the crypto punks could do nothing and they'll mm -hmm. still be be able to survive in fact they are doing nothing and they've been surviving <laughs> <laughs> but so I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for the crypto punks so I'm going to have to go with the zombie all right, I'm going to take the flip side on this. I think maybe if I was saying long-term, kind of, you know, like you're kind of thinking there 10 years out, probably the punk, but I'm going to bet on the short-term and right now, and I think I would rather have the gold fur board ape. Um, I just think there's more marketing opportunities, right, with, with your ape over your punk. So I'm a little bit more leaning that way, but I mean, I don't think you can go wrong either case here, Are obviously. You, uh... Are you starting a business with the gold fur? Uh, what are you, what are you starting? If I had with one, that? I mean, if I had one. Why <laughs> well, not? What like, would you, I, we're, we're doing. Uh, you know, we're playing the game. What What would the business be with the uh, I, with the gold fur? I mean, obviously, I feel like gold mining would be the the easy one. But I feel like you could do like a food brand or a, a drink or something with gold in it, right? Solid yeah, like gold, a, something a bougie like, like yeah, gold crusted, go. gold crusted smoothies like yeah. the oh, board ape smoothie with yeah. a charge like. like $30. That. A bougie gold ape business. Oh man. Well, if I if I had extra money right now, I mean I might have to, to snag one. Uh I, I like that question though, Mac. That was great. Alyssa, how about you? Oh man, dude. I'm gonna go with the zombie because the the whole like it's the OG, the punks, they they're lasting, you know, and it's like the long term. Though I like the bougie gold. <laughs> 
know you like that. I know. As as that, like, like, like some sort of winter coat, like a parka company. <laughs> yes. <over there. laughs> some... Why wear fur this year when you can wear gold ape? Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, this one is a, a quantity question, potentially. So instead of 1v1, would you rather own one bored ape or five mutant apes? Mac. Gotta be the board. Gotta be the board board ape. Uh yeah, I end of the day, you can only have one PFP. Uh I don't think I would change mine, but it's gotta be the board. I like just top top dog, and then you'll probably board ape. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I think if if I was asked this a while back, right, where you were gonna get, you know, an ape coin allocation, you were gonna get an other yeah. side allocation, it'd be different, right? Quantity might be more important. But I think board ape, I think just like you said, one PFP. Uh I, I think I'd rather have the top dog than, than the five. I don't remember what I answered on this last time, Alyssa. I might have actually gotten the five, but uh <laughs> what what do you think, Alyssa, uh, think, on this one? I think last time I said five, but now that I'm hearing like so, you know, the only one at PFP. Now I'm like trying to change my mind. Now. <laughs> I don't. It depends. I think it depends for me of what exactly I'm gonna get. Cause I I like creating stories. I want to create something around what I'm getting. And if I can't connect with the board ape that I'm getting, then I might want to go for the five a That's mutants. That's a good point. That is true. You could you do could, like a five yeah, could, team or something. Yeah. Like you could have a full thing. You could so, make you could make a comic. You could make a, a TV show. Like you could do a lot with five versus exactly. just having one. I, I still, like that thought too. I'm still sticking with the five because that's okay. that's where I'm. <laughs> that's that's it. <laughs> awesome, love that. Uh, all right, next up, Clone X or Azuki, both kind of around the same price. Mac, which would you rather bet on for the long term, Clone X or Azuki? Azuki, Azuki. Same. I'd I'd probably w- rather one Azuki than two Clonex. I'm not gonna Ooh. lie. I I I'm a I'm a sucker for tech, and I'm yeah. a sucker for they, they've they've stamped their presence in just the underlying technology and all these different things. Like your 721A, uh, the news that came out yesterday, they pretty much said, "Hey, I'm here in the digital space." I I just love what they're doing. Yeah, this is one that's changed for me. I think last time we did this, I picked Clone X. And the biggest catalyst for me, again, related to the stock market is was Nike, right? Nike acquired Artifact. But really, Nike was already working with Artifact. And since the acquisition, they haven't done a whole, whole lot new, right? It's just the same. So not to shame Clone X, but I like what you said, right? Azuki continues to build. I liked the news that came out yesterday, I think I got to switch to to Azuki here, uh, Alyssa. I'm sticking with Azuki, and I probably will always stick with Clean Azuki. Clean sweep for Azuki. <laughs> See? Az- Az- Azuki Maxi? I guess, yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it just like, it It just sits well with me, Azuki. I love the art, and I love what they're doing. I just, I love them. Yeah, definitely. All right, an- another quantity one here. Um, these prices may be completely out of whack now since <laughs> we did this, but, uh, Mac, would you rather own three cool cats or one doodles NFT? If you would ask me around like 
April of last year. It wouldn't it, doodles. I was a I, I was a doodles maxi. I mm-hmm. loved what they were doing. I love what Poopy was doing. I love just everything that they were building. And then they go, you know, they go radio silent. And then they they raise this absorbent amount of capital. I'm probably going doodles just because I think they're going to be here versus cool. Yeah, I'm going doodles. I got to go doodles. Yeah, I, I think this is a tough one. I, I'm pretty sure I picked Cool Cats last time, and I'm going to stick with that. I'm a little biased because I've interviewed Cool Cats, haven't interviewed Doodles yet. Uh, I feel like, like you said, Doodles went quiet. I feel like they lost a little bit of the community. Cool Cats, I feel like there's been some questions of like, what are they doing? Where is this headed? But they just announced, you know, the partnership with Animoca. Like they announced a new CEO that's got some good experience. Like I don't know. I'm still. Uh, we like the cats. I like the cats. I think. I think I'd go the three cool cats. Uh, but I think it's close. I still think Doodles has has a good long term. But I'm just more convinced on cats. How about Alyssa? It's hard to choose between the two. <laughs> I like. I think like. I don't like when projects go silent for a long time, you know? Like, I get it. Doodles, they're, like, probably working behind the scenes hardcore. <laughs> uh, and you can tell that they, they're here, and I think they're going to stay. Like, they're blue chip. They're staying. And then the cats, I don't know. I don't know. It's so freaking hard to pick, man. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the doodle. I'm going to pick one doodle. Did okay. it? Did I do that last time? Do you remember? I can't remember. I feel like you picked cats last time. Did I? I mean, uh. I feel like again we're a little biased. We've had Evan on. Like we've we've talked cool cats for a while. Um, I don't know. But is this a subtweet to to get poopy on the show? Yes. <laughs> you know, maybe we have been trying to get doodles on. How do we get doodles on on this pod? We gotta. If I mean, you want, that would definitely that would probably change my opinion, right? Like, yeah. So, uh, if yeah, you want Alyssa yeah. to uh, to pick doodles over the cool cats, poopy, you gotta come on the show. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yes, love that call out there, Mac. All right, last one here for Would You Rather. Um, would you rather own a V Friends Series One or four other deed NFTs? Hmm. <laughs> oh, this one made you think more than the other one. Yeah, well, well, end of the day, it's like, do you would you rather have exposure to the the Ape ecosystem or Gary V's ecosystem, mm-hmm. and? I, I think the answer is the Gary V just because it's the, if it's the top dog in the Gary V ecosystem, whereas the other deed, there's so many of them. There's so yeah. much. And I think that these can hold value longer term versus the other deeds. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm pretty sure I picked V friends to, to start with and I'm sticking with V friends. Uh, love him or hate him. Uh, Gary V, which I interviewed Gary V. I like the guy. I've learned you don't bet against Gary V. And this is his project. This is his baby. He said he's going to make it his Disney. He's betting on it over the next 30 years. If you own a Series 1, you get the free tickets to VCon. I went to VCon. It was amazing. Other side, like you said, Mac, it gives you great exposure. But Yuga's got a lot of things going on. 
So is this going to be their baby for the future? Possibly, but I don't know. I I I, I would go Gary here. How about Alyssa? Mm-mm. I think I said other deed last time, and I'm I'm switching gears. Okay, switching gears to All the right. Gary V ecosystem. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, oh, We had a lot of clean sweeps this time did, with, with three of us. That's impressive. So. And maybe I've some persuasive, really maybe some persuasive uh, voices. Yeah. Mac, you, you might be pretty persuasive on here because uh, like we've switched a couple to to go with you. He's got a good point. <laughs> he does. He does. He brings the fire, right? Like, man, th- this has been fun. Uh, all right. Well, Mac, we're gonna let you go. Before we let you go, what is the best way to be following what you are doing in Web three? Is it Twitter, TikTok, all of the above? How do you want people to to reach out and know you in the space? Twitter's the best spot. Um, from there, you'll be able to see kind of everything else that I'm doing. Uh, I'll be bringing in any short form content that I think is applicable on the Twitter space. Uh, yeah, this is. This is uh this is where I'll I'll live. You can shoot a DM if you have any questions on anything that I had mentioned today. Um, yeah, I, I love interacting and I love kind of learning from people because I think there's so many people in this space that just know so many different things. And Twitter right now is is a good place to to do that. Awesome. Well, Mac, this has been a blast. Uh, I would love to have you back on um, because this was so much fun. I got to come up with some more would you rather questions before then. <laughs> I, love, I love the would you rather. That was awesome. That was probably I, the, the most fun we've had with that, Alyssa. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yes. <laughs> I love it. No, I, I and I appreciate you having me on here. And I think top to bottom, right, uh, from like the planning, right, to the, the content, to the topics, to the structure, it was all awesome. So kudos to you guys. I know that that's like not easy to do, right? Like planning is, you know, I, I sometimes just go off the rip because that's just kind of how I like, but it's so kudos to you guys for kind of putting this all together. And if you are watching this, make sure you subscribe, like whatever you got to do that helps it get to, to more people. So thank you so much for uh, having me on. Well, thank you for those kind words, Mac. We appreciate it. And like I said, we will reach out. We'll have you back on uh, for another fun episode. But everyone, make sure you're following Mac on Twitter. He's got one of the coolest names and handles on mm-hmm. Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. I know a couple of people mentioned that at the start of the show. <laughs> Mac and Cheesy, uh, I dropped that in the YouTube link um, there in the chat so you can follow him. Uh, and Mac, until next time, uh, have a good one. I'll see you guys soon. Awesome. Well, Alyssa, that was so much fun. Uh, one of the the top guests we've had on, right? As far as talking, you know, just NFT market and Web3. And I mean, would you rather? I feel like I got to spend a whole day now coming up with uh, some questions because, I mean, we could, we could do a full show of would you rather sometime. Maybe mm-hmm. we should do that. Yeah, we should. And <laughs> invite a few people over to play with us. I even messaged Logan earlier today about the Twitter spaces tomorrow. And I said, Hey, if we need to fill time Mm. and come up with some good topics, I've got some would you rathers that I think would be fun because it's always cool to hear other people's opinion. And I mean, Mac was giving us the the fire there, right? With convincing us, you know, which one. (laughs) And I mean, Hey, sometimes if you hear a person, you know, talk about something and they're convincing, like it, it can lead to, 
I mean, seeing things a different way too. That's why I love so many voices, right? It's just hearing different opinions on things. But yeah, that yeah, keep like your uh, an open mind when yeah. you're talking to anyone because they can influence you in a positive way. You, you never know. And it can eliminate some bias sometimes yes. too, right? Because like I said, you know, maybe I'm more biased cool cats because I've interviewed them versus doodles. And, you know, to hear Mac talk about doodles and how, I mean, for him to say, hey, he liked doodles months ago, but now, you know, mm -hmm. maybe he's leaning cats. That to me is like, okay, putting my bias aside, someone who would have picked doodles is now picking cats. Like I, I can support cats with this and not feel like I'm just being biased. So you know, just so much to go off of there. Well, we are running out of time, Alyssa. Uh, just get to a couple news items here. So uh, taking a look at the top 10 NFT collections by sales volume based off of data on CryptoSlam. Um, you know, it, it's tough to look at sometimes, right? So Board Ape, number one, like 8 million. So nothing hitting 10 million again. But one thing I want to point out is I'm seeing a lot of green. If you look at the, the percent up over last week, I mean, Bored Ape up, So Rare up, Gods Unchained up, Azuki up, Mutants up, CryptoPunks <laughs> up. Then you get Art Blocks down, Clone X down. Then you got UGN up, you got Renga down. Um, but really, I mean, there's a lot of green there. And even though nothing hit 10 million, like, I feel like there's some positive momentum there. What do you think? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's nice to see. Um, hold on. I lost my train of thought already, dude. Um, I was looking at the 24 hour earlier and like, hold on, did it change? No, it didn't. Okay. Azuki at the top. Like that's a pretty big percentage, dude. That is that news yesterday. I yeah. Mean and Mac was talking about that. It was well-received. Yes, and, it was. I mean, it takes a lot to move some of these collections, right? Like to yeah. really get the percent up that much because they're blue chips. They trade all the time, right? And I mean, that was that was big to see. So I, I feel like Azuki's could crack the top three in this week or another week out. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Bored Ape and So Rare at the top, like, I don't know. At first, I thought Azuki was like, I thought I was like at the seven day list, and Azuki like beat Board Eight for a second. It just kind of like spooked me for a bit. I don't know what the UGYN one is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that one. I'll have to uh, look that one up. But Alyssa, I know you got hop, so yes. I will wrap the show up here. But that was a fun segment with Mac and Alyssa. I will catch you on Twitter Spaces tomorrow, and also on the yes. show Thursday. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Follow at Benziga on Twitter. Go to the pin tweet. Look at the, the, the tweet, okay? And join Twitter space tomorrow at 2 p.m. We're not going live on YouTube. We're going live on Twitter. And you're going to hear some awesome stuff from some awesome people. Chris is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Logan's going to be there if you remember him from Mooner Bus. And yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, everyone. Smash the like for Alyssa. What a fun show. A couple other news items here. Speaking of Azuki, we did have a couple six-figure sales uh, for some rare Azukis. Um, so that may have been part of the reason why that uh, dollar amount was so high on the week. Um, but, you know, it just really has, has caught a lot of attention. Um, I want to get into so rare NFTs for a minute. We're going to talk more about this one. Um, on 
Thursday's episode, but let me go ahead and share a link here in the chat. If you like sports NFTs, the NBA season is starting tonight and so rare. That's a company you saw there in the top 10. They have been dominating the sports game. They have soccer NFTs. They have Major League Baseball NFTs. And they partnered with NBA this year. So they now have NBA um, NFTs. They came out today. And you can enter fantasy contests and lineups each week. They'll be doing them two times a week. Um, You heard me say NFL all day, right? Why is NFL all day getting momentum over Top Shot? They're gamifying it. They're doing uh, fantasy elements. Well, So Rare is launching where you will pick a lineup of five NBA players uh, each contest, either Sunday through or uh, Monday through Thursday or Friday through Sunday. One of them will be your MVP who will not have a cap. And the other four players you have to get within a cap of a hundred. That's the point score. So you can't just pick five superstars. You have to actually put some thought into it, similar to like a daily fantasy lineup where you have a salary cap. I love that as a sports fan. You also get free NFTs to start. Who doesn't like free NFTs, right? Use that link in the chat. You sign up. You get to pick one of five star players. They are different each time, uh, you know, but you got like Luca, you got um, Carl Anthony Towns, you got Kevin Durant. So you can pick one of them depending on who you get. And then you get... 19 randomly selected common moments. So that's your free. You can enter contests for free. You can earn NFTs from those contests. And later on the season, you can also win tickets to NBA games. You can win NBA jerseys and other cool uh, real life experiences. I always love that again, as a sports fan, but as I said, We'll be talking more about so rare NFTs later on this week. Before we go, I again want to highlight a couple call to actions. Don't miss out on the Benzinga Future of Crypto event. That is being held December 7th in New York City, headlined by Garga, the co-founder of Yuga Labs and Board Ape Yacht Club. He will be doing a fireside chat. Super excited to talk to him and hear what is next for Yuga. We also have some board ape holders, some other NFT projects, and some big names in the crypto space. Kevin O'Leary, Anthony Scaramucci, several altcoins and DeFi platforms will also join us. Super excited. Don't miss out. Get your tickets today before they go up in price on Friday. And then also join us for a Twitter Spaces tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern time co-hosted by myself and Logan, formerly of Moon or Bust here on Benzinga YouTube TV. And also Alyssa will be there from the Benzinga Twitter account. If you follow us on Twitter, check out the pinned tweet. Join the conversation, raise your hand, let us know you want to speak, and we will be asking some questions about Web3 and NFTs. So make sure to tune into that Twitter spaces. Super excited about today's show and our guest, uh, Mac and Cheesy. Big shout out to him for joining us, and we look forward to having him back on. We will be back on Thursday. We have another exciting guest talking about an upcoming Mint um, that you should be potentially paying attention to. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. This one's been months in the making, and it is finally coming, so we will be diving into that. 
Make sure you smash the like on today's episode and subscribe to our YouTube if you have not done so already. Stay tuned for more great Benzinga content coming up on our YouTube, including pre-market prep at the close uh, with Mitch and Joel. Until next time, take care.